All right, boy, oh boy, this is going to be something. Hurry up, Igor, come on now. Ilga Bilga, really good. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, this is the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. Let's go! It's the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number 31. Our featured guest is a mainstay in the horror community who has gifted us with a festive and frightful romp to Santa's Village in the new flick, Sleigh Bells. Here's stories about the incredible and hard-to-believe real-life filming location, the mysterious case of the missing cast member, a visit to Castle Frightenstein and all things terrifying with Spooky Dan. Goddamn piss shit, motherfucking booey! Goddamn piss shit, motherfucking booey! Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. It's Christmas Eve, and we're on our way to what might be the most exciting urban exploring adventure. And you never know what dirty things will come your way. I dare you to eat this. My property, and I'm Santa. And that thing out there, that is no animal. And I'm the Tooth Fairy. I'm Santa, and that's Krampus! The Devil of Christmas! Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio is a massive rare talent who's done it all when it comes to film, and not only in the horror genre. As a visual effects artist, he's worked on scores of movie and TV projects such as Deep Blue Sea, Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, Adam's Family Reunion, the Final Destination series, the Resident Evil franchise, Cursed, Scooby-Doo 2, Slither, Live Free or Die Hard, Star Trek Beyond. He's a blogger, correspondent, actor, editor, director, and producer who's worked on both of Darren Lynn Bousman's Devil's Carnival flicks. He's just released his feature-length debut that he has directed and co-wrote called Sleigh Bells. A group of anime princess urban explorers with a YouTube show accidentally run into Krampus, a ferociously hilarious, gore-soaked holiday picture that you must watch right now on Blu-ray, DVD, and on demand. We are honored to welcome Spooky Dan Walker. Thanks, guys, for having me. This is really exciting. <laughs> when I went to the distributor, I was like, okay, we're talking about where we're going to go. And I'm like, I want to get on the Boo Crew. I want a movie crew. And, and then you reached out. And I'm like, this is the one I wanted. Awesome. That's great. Yay. Wow. That's so cool. That's so awesome. And you saw animatronic deers on the way up. <laughs> <laughs> so we always do an icebreaker question off the top. So that would be, what were the movies growing up that you saw that made you so spooky? You know, I know you asked this question and I've been you've been preparing no I've been worried about this one question of all because it's easy to say like the thing in American Werewolf like ones I saw really young and went like that's awesome I want to do it but I wanted to get like something really deep but no it's the thing I remember being really young and going I don't know what this is I'm kind of scared but it's so beautiful all this disgustingness (laughs) that you know I need in this world that was you know why I went to college for special effects probably was that one but I've always been oddly that's the one that probably made me get on that path. But I think even younger as a little, little kid watching scary black and white movies, you know, with the creature feature ones with the horror hosts. That was always a blast. All the virus stuff, the uh, macabre theater, that kind of yeah. stuff. Where'd you go out? I grew up in Michigan. Oh yeah. So there wasn't Zachary Lee or anybody. The Bay Area, we actually had creature features. 
Yeah. With Bob Wilkins. Oh, really? Bob Wilkins. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. Because they don't do it anymore. And the ones that you do find now are so, you know, public access left. Like, it's sort of like a afterthought of what it used to once be. So it's it's actually kind of cool that Joe Bob's coming back, even though he's not a horror host, but at least sort of feels yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. It has that feel to it, though. I like his show. Take us through that career trajectory of turning this passion into an actual career. So you signed up for visual effects. No, I actually went to college for special effects, practical. Okay. And then wow. I moved to California about 20 two years ago, right when all of the practical effects shops were being demolished because everybody thought CG's coming. That's it. Everyone's gone. So all these really amazing artists were like, getting canned left and right and i'm like i'm here I, i'm brand new and, there, and there's no jobs for you buddy so i was like all right well, i know computer stuff so i sort of shifted over and i think one of my first movies was adam's family values which was like the the low budget one with tim curry not the royal julia ones right. to stay there for a while i was i was in visual effects for i think 10 years or nah, maybe not 10 years but it was a long time and then finally at one point i was uh working on one of that diehard movie and i was like man I am so not into doing visual effects right now because I kept writing articles for Bloody Disgusting. Like, I would hit, you know, render so I didn't have to work for a minute and write an article for them. So at some point, you just kind of go like, all right, you got to follow where you're supposed to go. And that was one of those moments. You worked in the movie Cursed, right? Yeah, why of all movies would you bring that one up? Because <laughs> it was like basically cursed, right? A lot of stuff in funny you mentioned visual effects and that transition between practical and digital. That movie famously hired Rick Baker on yes, and it was yeah. you know Wes Craven, Kevin Williamson going to make this bitch and werewolf movie and Rick Baker I he was showing people what the werewolves yeah. creatures looked like. It was amazing and then they either replaced all his work or tweaked it. Were you a part of that whole no, situation we, to see any of it? We were on I think they called it Curse 3 at the time because uh-huh. it had gone through essentially three separate movies had been made by the time the one that's in the theaters because there was an actor in the first one that's completely removed from it and then there was uh, pickups and it still wasn't very good so they did like a third set. It's wow. this really troubled movie. <laughs> There's a couple good moments in it. There's some good stuff but it's all in all it's not that good of a movie. See, as, as you were a big fan of The Thing, did mm-hmm. you ever cross paths with uh, Rob Bottin? All right, this is kind of awesome. A really close friend of ours is Jovanka Vukovic who used to be the editor of Rumor Magazine. Oh, yeah. And she just recently, I think last year, she put out XX that she directed a segment on. Uh, she yeah. has Riot Girls coming out right. in 2019. She found him somehow. There's all these rumors about Rob Bottin, like he's he's a drunk over here, or he's like closing down nudie bars, or, <laughs> or he's just uh, a recluse who only ever works and sculpts, like all these crazy rumors. But she actually found him, and they were friends. And whenever she came to L.A., she would stay with Tammy, my wife and I. So one night we come home and Rob Bottin's in our fucking living room. No way. Wow. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh my God, oh my God. And freaking out, like is trying to be cool, but it's Rob Bottin. Like this is a big deal. And, you know, sit there and be, and he's like the coolest dude when you finally actually get to talk to him. But that first few minutes is just like, okay, we got to talk about legend. We got to talk about the thing. We got so much stuff. But he was, he was actually really awesome. Wow. That's cool, nice. Man. Did you go there? Did you start talking about film and stuff oh, right the off the hell yeah, yeah, dude. He, he, we talked I think I don't remember if we had the the life size darkness in our living room. You know the one that yeah. Sideshow put out a few years yes. back. So yes. that in the living room, and there's Rob Bottin, and he was telling us about. I know it's you can read about it now, but like that the horns themselves were made of like the old Halloween masks, like when we were little kids, the real the thin plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what they were made of because that was the only way to keep them light enough. But then that's why when you're watching the movie, they're kind of like because <laughs> <laughs> they're so light. He was really great to talk to, and you know that's the coolest thing about living here in Hollywood is everyone in the horror community knows each other. 
and everyone's supportive of each other. And that weird Twilight Zone moments can happen just, on a, you know, he was in my living room. Yeah, That's right. crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Speaking of those moments, you created probably a ton of those when you were writing for Bloody Disgusting and going and interview people on the red carpet. You've talked to Marilyn Manson, Ogre from Skinny Puppy, and tons of actors and people from the Twilight Saga. How did that whole thing start for you? You know, when Brad Miska, who ran who runs Bloody Disgusting, mm-hmm. he came over to a party where there's a bunch of horror people and he came over to a party and he was looking at my wall of movies and DVDs and he goes, dude, I have like a row of, at the time, it was Seduction Cinema. Those like Skinamax, Mistress Frankenstein, like okay. all the smut. And, <laughs> and he's like, you have all of them. And I'm like, I love them. I mean, they're so stupid and the acting is terrible, but it's so much fun. They're just like boobs and silliness and it's great. And he's like, you should write for us. If you actually like this stuff, you should review for us. And so I started then and pretty quickly he realized I was a video guy so almost instantly I was doing red carpet stuff and then bloody disgusting TV after a while and yeah that's how I got the job was smut (laughs) (laughs) amazing when did you meet Darren Lynn Bousman there was a after party at a horror convention I think it was in Toronto was Goblin playing I think they might have been playing oh cool that's cool man and Brad texted me and said hey Darren Bousman's there he doesn't know anybody go find him I walk around and I'm like I finally see him and I'm like hey man I'm Spooky Dan and he's like oh yeah nice to meet you whatever like it was just this weird chance encounter but then we became friends and when repo the movie he made repo opera he showed us the early video he made like a short film of it so that he could sell it to the studios and so i saw that so i was already like this is really cool and really weird and i love it i'm not sure what it is though but when he actually finished the movie repo i did set visit on it and i want to say basically i quit my job at bloody disgusting to join darren bowsman on marketing repo and we took it on the road and we toured it just like a band got in a van and we drove from city to city to city with this movie and every city we'd go to there'd be another 100 or 200 people dressed up in the costumes just like in the film and excited a lot like Rocky Horror obviously but very very exciting to be a part of it because with Rocky we have hindsight right like we know but to see it happen firsthand yeah, and then, real time yeah and a lot of the community was trying to like come up with the callbacks like in Rocky Horror <laughs> so you'd hear them like oh yeah, that one didn't work very well but oh that was really <laughs> funny you know it was a blast being around that I did that for about five years oh my running gosh. around with Repo and just being like the community manager with that and I still go see it when it plays in LA. I think they do about three or four times a year now. So it plays out in Santa Ana. The community is the best part. It's very much like the horror community here. Just everyone knows each other and is supportive. That's yeah. the cool part. Have, no, they, have they figured out the callbacks now? Yes, by now they're pretty, they're pretty yeah. set there. <laughs> <laughs> was that basically hanging out on, on that tour and everything what led you to work on the Devil's Carnival movies with him and everything? Yeah, and so after working on essentially the studio was nothing to do with us at that point because they were like, yeah, go do what you want with your weird movie. We're not pushing it, so do your thing. So we are like, all right, cool, we'll do this. And one thing leads to another, and then we're like, we should make a sequel. Well, the sequel, the rights are still tied up with the studio, so instead of making a sequel, let's get the same cast together and let's do something else that's kind of weird and fun and musical. And so it was the same creators, essentially. There's a few differences, but the same people, and then we just sort of poured it over, and I was producer on both the Devil's Carnival's films. And then I found some money to make my first movie, and then I blackmailed Darren into being involved in it <laughs> because he, he has this story about how he blackmailed Lionsgate into letting him make repo. He's like, oh, fine, I'll do Saw 3 if you let me do repo. And then he tricked them. And they were like, no, you can do anything but repo. And he's like, yeah, exactly. Then he tricked him into doing it. So I was just like, all right, um, Darren, so I want to make this movie and I want you to executive produce because everybody knows we're affiliated and we're always tied together anyway. So you should do it anyway. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, I'll, anything you want. I'm, I'm there with you find the money. And I'm like, well, I just went to the bank yesterday 
and deposit. He's like, no, no, for real. Like you have to just find the money and we'll make the movie. And I'm like, dude, we found the money. We got the movie going. It's actually real. And he stopped. He's like, what? Really? Nobody ever gets the money. That's the, that's the part. Everybody talks about it. And but of course, we're we're actually very good friends. So he was on board pretty quickly. There, he was on set and running around with us in this abandoned amusement park. It was. Oh my! He's God. been on board. He's he's a big part of the collective now. Yes, right? exactly. Not the actual company. The collective. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> the Spooky Dan Collective. Yes. <laughs> Talk to us about developing what became Sleigh Bells. How long ago that was? Has this been going on? for a number of years. It has, it has. We wrote it about five years ago and then shot it about four and a bit ago. The bummer is this, we just ran out of money. It was a low-budget movie. We ran out of money, so everything passed when the dollars were gone. It was my wife and I trying to work to raise more money or just do it ourselves, all the little bits and pieces. At one point, we realized, all right, we're going to have to crowdfund just so we can get further to get to the finish line. We'd done things like pickups in our house. Like, we turned our house into like a little Christmas world so we could have an elf narrate the movie. Oh. And it just didn't work at all. It was just like, it felt like a different movie. It was like, all right, well, we tried that. We have to actually get a crew and get some stuff going. And that's why we did the crowdfund. And once we got that, then it was sort of like it was back on track. But because it's a Christmas movie, you only have like this short window of time. Yeah. So we missed last year's window by about two weeks. Oh. I was like, ah, oh, come on, no, no, here, no. So, but here it is. We're here. We have it. It's now out, and uh, it's weird after having it. Nobody'd seen it until a week ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. So now I can actually talk about it. People are like, we're getting kind of good reviews. I expected everybody to just be like, this is weird, campy, bizarro land, and get bad reviews. And people are actually getting it. It makes me really happy. I'm, but I'm surprised. I didn't think people would be nice about it really <laughs> did you raise most of the money on a crowdfund no actually we raised most of money with two angel investors and the crowdfund was only like fifteen thousand dollars but it was enough oh, just oh. to get us yeah, yeah. to the next stage so one interesting thing that i noticed just based on when this movie was must have been written and then when it was filmed is that you managed to beat out any other big studio movie that's come out about krampus like you well, your krampus movie was in production before mike doherty's krampus yeah it beat christmas horror story it was, but they beat us all. But here's what's awesome. The Mike Doherty movie educated the universe what Krampus true, was. Right? Right? True, right? Yeah. True. Prior to that, yeah. everyone, when you said Krampus, they'd be like, I've heard of it, but right. I don't really know what it is. Right. And now everybody gets always like the opposite of Santa, like Devil of Christmas. Okay, cool. Boy, I, I love the Christmas horror story, Krampus. That last battle at the end. Oh, it's exactly. so much fun. Yeah, that, awesome. that beast is really great. The yeah. Krampus suit is really, really cool. Were you sitting there, though, at one point going... Man, I made the first Krampus, the oh, first Krampus yeah, movie. What totally. the hell? It's sitting here. <laughs> when, the, when the big budget one happened, and I'm like, ah, but, but it's Mike Doherty, and he makes all good movies. And I've been buying his Christmas cards for years. Right, just right. Like, all right, if anyone's going to do it, at least it's someone super great. Your Krampus is pretty badass. Mm, thank who, you. It's who nice. did the creature design and all that? Vincent Guastini, located right around the corner wow. from here. And uh, I was like, Vincent, let's do this. I want the Underworld suit. Go to Todd Bastard get the molds, get the underworld werewolf suit and put a Krampus head on it and that'll be awesome. And he's like, nope, forget that. Getting a mold from somebody else is a big chore, but forget that. Your actor is built like Captain America. Let's use his real body. Like the dude's almost seven feet tall and he's ripped. Wow. He's like, let's use his real body. So ultimately there's a chest piece, hands and a head. The rest is like a latex or not, not like, like a spandex bodysuit with okay. hair punched. Oh, into wow. it. oh my God. Yeah. It's, he's just that ripped. And I'm like, all right, I guess that's <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right. But looking at it now, like on the screen, love it or hate the movie. Krampus is pretty awesome. It's clear it's a guy in a suit and not a stupid CG thing. Yeah. That, that, you know. and, and, and you 
didn't cheat because you show Krampus in the daytime and nighttime and it looks phenomenal. You know, that was when we first went into this. It was like, how do we be different than other horror movies? Every movie is seven young adults go to the woods to get slashed or hunted or stalked or whatever. <laughs> We're sort of a version of that. It's like three chicks in an amusement park. Not that different. But it's like, how do we have fun with this? How do we do something different? <laughs> and no CG other than there's like a couple CG shots at the end, like with the sleigh. But for the most part, my wife is a visual effects supervisor. She has an Emmy for it and has been working on like hundreds of movies. <laughs> and I'm like, no CG, no CG. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love the rubber suit aspect. Yeah. Because yeah. we all grew up with it. And I'm Honestly, I think it's just a better Gollum is awesome. And so is the Hulk. But usually it still feels like you're watching a cartoon version of Gollum or the Hulk. And it's cool, but you still know. So I thought there was something really important. That's a $50 million Gollum and $50 million (laughs) Hulk. (laughs) That's really like independent horror films we could do with one of those creatures. (laughs) (laughs) But so much better. Like I love like, you know, without giving too much away, the the fur balls. Yeah. You know, that's such a great like it's so fun it's just super fun to see yeah. it my whole goal is let's make a movie that's fun for horror fans because as horror fans we're not ever scared right we love this shit we're right. like if someone's arms are getting ripped off yeah. the gorier the better and we're cheering and laughing so I was like well let's just get right to that part and just have fun with it instead of have to build this heavy thing and with Christmas it sort of naturally goes into that weird supernatural fantasy world where you're like okay Santa Claus that's awesome we can have fun with this so that was always kind of by design was how do we make a fun girl power horror movie that doesn't look like other movies? Is that the whole nexus of this whole concept of Sleigh Bells? That's what you want to do? Or was it based on seeing a location or... We wrote the script around the location. We okay. knew a few things about what we wanted it to be, but once we saw the location, we absolutely were like, no, we're going to Now, was that for this. Santa's Village? Yeah. I've see, heard of it, but I, I've never been there. See, as, as a kid, if you grew up here in LA as a kid, you're watching the commercials around the side, yeah. go to Santa's Village, you know, ride the roller coaster, meet Santa, and, you know, play at the Playhouse and all, you know, and then all of a sudden they like kind of disappeared. The weird part is there's videos on YouTube you can see Santa's Village from back then and it is the worst amusement park ever if you're <laughs> over six years old. Right. If you're under six, it's awesome. Right. Okay. But anything over that, you're like, what is this? is kind of weird and not exciting. But it's a year-round Christmas amusement park yeah. that's an hour from here. It's so strange it even existed. And, and, it, and like it opened a month before Disneyland opened. Yep. In 55. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Right, like, so right around the same time and that was part of the thing. Close? I don't know. Uh, right around 90 something so when we got it it was 15 years abandoned 14 years something so it was like still close wow. like now it, it reopened in yeah. 2016 so yeah just recently if you had to do any reshoots oh we thought about it but they, <laughs> they changed the colors of all yeah. the stuff and that was all different so it was like all right well i was really excited to go back to them and say like let's have the premiere at santa's village oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Except for nobody's going to drive an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood, we're all very busy. <laughs> Have they filmed many other things? I think yes. they filmed X-Files there it once, was, right? Yeah, there's a really creepy episode of X-Files that involves the disappearance of a bunch of children really? that get murdered and buried there. It's Santa's Village? Yes. By Krampus? And, wow. And, <laughs> yes, it must have been by Krampus. <laughs> wow, I have to but, find that one. Yeah, no, it's a great episode. It's like a two-parter, I think, or a three-parter maybe, but it's really creepy, man. And I think some of it was shot in Griffith Park. Some of, Yeah, some of it was there, and it's really creepy because for a while, in the past four or five years, you can go on YouTube and watch these creepy videos of, of Santa's Village, people that do walkthroughs and stuff, and, you know, things are still... Adventure know. Girl videos? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So did someone tip you off about the place? and then you just Mike went there? Mendez's girlfriend at the time. Really? She, we had just met her and she said she was urban exploring and she found this place and I was like, wait, what? An abandoned amusement park that we can drive to? 
for real. Come on. And she's like, yeah. And she showed me a couple pictures. And my co-writer and I drove up there probably a week later. Me looking like me with Frankenstein shoes and all knocked out. <laughs> Her in like a bright green dress and flip flops. And we're like, you know, urban exploring. Like, <laughs> like you know, we stick out from a mile away. But we uh, ultimately got the number on the sign for the realtor. And that's how we got it. I guess there's a Nicolas Cage movie that shot just before us where he was a logger. It might be the beginning of Mandy, but it seems like Mandy oh, couldn't have been shot that long ago. It must oh. have been something else. No, there's a movie where he plays a logger. I can't think okay. of it. Then it has to be that one. But yeah. Because when I showed up, they're like, oh, yeah, a Nicolas Cage movie. I'm like, I'm never going to be able to afford this. <laughs> no, way. no way. But actually, the place itself was affordable. Because it had been abandoned, it was actually like not that expensive per day. So we were so excited. We're like, we can afford it. This is great. We get it. We have, you know, all things are going until we got the like, oh, you have to have a $20 million insurance policy Ooh. because it's so dangerous. Oh, wow. And that like really small number at first was like, ah, oh, shit. Now there's a giant percentage of our budget <laughs> gone. But the place is so amazing. It was worth it, you know, to get up there. And yeah. I don't think we added much of anything to it. Just like some painted candy canes and a little bit of the stuff in Santa's throne room with all all the dolls that but other than that like it was kind of as is we just had to clean it were those interiors there too Did yeah shoot? all the wow. interiors oh, oh my god really like yeah, santa's cottage yeah, yeah holy shit i mean we built <laughs> we we brought in a lot of props to make yeah. it look sure, that yeah, way yeah. but yeah. for the most part they were that was it the santa's cottage was covered in rat shit so we had to have a hazmat yeah. crew come oh, out oh wow and clear oh, out oh. the three buildings we were actually going to be in so it was like literally like the dudes in the yellow suits and everything like a couple days earlier just so it would like all go away. There goes that wow. budget. <laughs> you know what? When I, when I first decided I was going to do this and I went to a bunch of my director friends and I'm like, what advice do you have? What advice? It's my first movie. And every director said the same thing. Have plan A, B, C, D, and E ready. And I'm like, I listened to Tony Robbins. That's the worst advice ever. That's terrible advice. And then after like the fourth one said the same thing, I was like, all right, I better at least pay attention. So those are the kinds of things that you're like, we're going to be losing a day of our schedule because we have to clear out rat shit. Like you don't plan for that. Like no. it's the weirdest stuff that happens like that. Did you keep any props from sleigh bells that you have in your home? Yes, I have the magic cane, Santa's magic cane. Oh, nice. We actually brought it yeah. to the signing the other night. Yeah, I don't think people realize that it was the real thing. Oh yeah. Uh, and I have one of Vincent gave me one of the Krampus heads that's in our living room. Oh, oh that's awesome. And that's cool. the hairballs, we like they're kind of all over the place. And there's a couple in our house. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other nothing really exciting. Uh, but this, the cane, I'm really happy. Yeah, that's. That really that. cool and the crap said obviously is yeah. pretty cool Julia Chase the costume designer yeah. did fantastic I mean the costumes are like a shining star in this movie it's so colorful and it's amazing what was her involvement in creating the look of the girls and everything like that or did you have that in mind when you were writing well, I knew I wanted because of Repo the Genetic Opera we had seen everywhere we go with this movie people want to dress up and they want to have fun so I was like, well, let's just build this right into the movie. I wanted them to be cosplayers and have fun and be kind of awesome without being slutty and stupid or, you know, not being any stereotype specific. Just like, how can we make them like anime come to life? She went through a couple different, you know, iterations before we got to the ones that we had, but it was always going to be like they're in Christmas costumes to go to this Christmas place. I always wanted it to be like the background is bland, but these girls are like candy on the screen. I think I did it. I think yes. they really do. It's a really colorful movie. You have very interesting people in this movie. Did you have a specific cast in mind while you were writing for each of these characters? Well, we wrote it for Hannah Minx. We absolutely wrote it for her because we had worked with her in Devil's Card 
carnival. I love her YouTube videos. She's so awesome. Before she disappeared. Yeah, so we wrote that part for her. And then the other two parts, Susan Slaughter came from reality TV. Yeah. And uh, my casting director was like, you'll love her. Trust me. And I was like, no, but I was actually after an actress from Harry Potter. And she's like, no, go for Susan Slaughter. Go for it. And I'm like, wow. all right. And she auditioned. And she was really great. And then I was like, I'm still, no, I'm after this other one and made her audition again. And she was still like really great. And I was like, <laughs> she's probably she's better than Emma Watson. <laughs> she's the one. <laughs> wasn't after Emma Watson. <laughs> I don't think we could have afforded like her trailer. <laughs> well, so Susan Slaughter, she's an actual ghost hunter too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. yeah it was what? fun talking to her when we're not shooting because she, she does that all the time. Yeah. So. Was, was she cool. ghost hunting on the set or doing was anything? Yeah. This. I say she was too busy acting because <laughs> <laughs> it was such a tight schedule. But I think she did run around and try to find stuff. I don't think there was anything exciting Aww. going on up there. Was this her first full length feature film that she's done? Yeah. Wow. She's she done bit parts here and there, but that was, was the first fantastic one. fantastic in it. I know. And hats off to my casting director, Hannah Cooper, because she really, really got that one right. And then Christina Klieb right. from Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. She heard I was making this. We've been friends for years and she heard about it and she's like, I want in. I want this. So <laughs> she sort of campaigned, had all her friends call me like, you know, Christina's awesome, right? Wow. I'm like, yeah, I know. She's awesome. <laughs> okay, Christina, come on over. I don't think I auditioned her or anything. We just gave her the part because she, she was so good for it nice. but the best story is Barry Bostwick I've, yes yeah every That's interview crazy. I'm telling the story because it's so exciting but basically we had the script I sent it to the agent and he called me back the next day and said you don't have nearly enough money that he can make this in a day at a convention there's no way sorry <laughs> thanks thanks for trying oh, man I really really love him and wanted him but I'm like all right I guess back to the drawing board to go casting for Santa Claus and about a week later, Barry called me and he goes, well, I read the script. Let's figure it out. Let's make this happen. Wow. So wow. we got him because he liked the script, which as a Rocky fan, and, you know, as a kid who grew up going to Rocky and dressing up in the works, that was cool that he would be on board. It's even cooler that he was on board because he liked what I wrote. The best part was he said, uh, yeah, I really like what you're doing here because he doesn't fucking like Christmas. And oh. once you see the movie, you realize wow. like it's a different take on Santa right. and what yeah. happens and everything. Yeah, so it's working. But he was like, he liked that. That's how we were going to take this movie was just not just lovable Santa. Just, there's a little more to him. So he you was have, so great. Sorry. He was yeah. great. Yeah. Did you have him in mind when you were writing it or was he not always your, was he your dream Santa? No, I don't know if I had a dream Santa. There was definitely other people that we were, uh, you know, in the wish list. That's the funnest part. I think the most fun part is casting and like, who could it be? The one thing I did try to do was I didn't want to populate the whole movie with horror cast. There's so many of these awesome, they're friends of ours. We love them all. Just think about how cool would it be if like Sid Haig was Santa Claus. That would be just so right. badass. Right. But I'm like, you know what? Let's do this again. Let's do this a yeah. little bit different from all the other horror movies. How do we separate ourselves? Because right now in this moment in time, I think we get... A lot of movies coming at us. And for every hundred movies, there's a dozen really great ones. But then there's the rest of them, especially in horror. We as horror fans are like wrestling fans. We'll show up. We just want you to be good and don't suck. And we keep coming back. So I just wanted to do something that was a little different right. so that everybody walking yeah, in was cool. like, oh, this one is weird. He was super fun. Barry steals the show. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met. And 
He's so good on screen. Yeah. So yeah. whenever you are all making movies next, please cast him. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, okay, my final uh, Barry Bosworth question. Yeah. <laughs> Did he have any Megaforce stories? Oh, Megaforce! <laughs> uh, I don't know that he had specific Megaforce stories, but since we've shot it, we've been to conventions with him. And there's two very specific people that love Barry Bosworth. Nobody cares about Spin City. That he was on for uh, 10 he years He was awesome or on Spin City. I loved him on Spin City. But very few people are going to the conventions to get his autograph for that. They're sure. going there for Megaforce or Rocky Horror. There's nothing else. Like, he's got all the other stuff, but those are the two that everybody cares about. I remember Didn't buying comic books and seeing the Megaforce poster in the back yeah. of my comic books as a kid. Like, deeds, not words. And he's got the headband. And I was like, this looks like Mad Max meets James Bond. And then my parents took me to see it at a double feature and drive it. Either. It was <laughs> directed by by the great Hal Needham, who did Smokey and the Bandit. Really? Yeah. And Rad. How did that happen? Wow. Uh, Rad. Yeah. The BMX. The BMX movie. movie? Rad. Yeah. No. I know. Someone's gonna that need that movie needs a reboot. That that movie needs a reboot. They're rebooting Resident Evil. But they should be rebooting Megaforce. Oh, Megaforce. <laughs> Megaforce. They should be, yeah. Reboot Megaforce. We might be able to get Barry Boswick. He could reprise his role. But we want to talk about this as well is that, you know, one of the breakthrough stars of this is Miss Hannah Minx. Yeah. Right? Hannah Wagner. To those who don't know, she really established herself as kind of a for real anime princess on YouTube, a blogger. She would teach Japanese. I think she had like a million subscribers before she disappeared, which we'll get to, but like, like she had a lot of people. It was part of the reason I was like, "Ooh, we're going to cash in because we have a zillion people paying attention to her. I guess it was about a year after we shot. She just disappeared and vanished. So nobody knows what's happened to her. There's lots of conspiracy. If you type in Hannah Minks missing on Google, you'll get a hundred different things that pop up from YouTubers that have theories to websites about it. There's, I think, four or five Facebook groups dedicated to it. Nobody knows. So it's a bummer because we knew her. She was our friend and she just disappeared. The rumor is that she got married, had kids maybe, and decided she doesn't want to be in public eye. Or maybe her husband didn't like to do it. But last I heard from her, she was. I was on the phone with her and she said she'd gotten married and they were going to move. And then, like, we got disconnected weirdly, and then I never heard from her again. It was weird. Wow. It was really strange. We thought, what if it wasn't her? Like, what if she had been kidnapped? This was someone else pretending to be her, but it was her because she called me. She's like, hey, spooks or spooky or whatever. I forget what it was, but whatever she would have normally called me. Not Spooky Dan or Dan. It was whatever. So that was like, okay, it was probably her. It was literally, like, January she was around. February people were around her. She put out a video right after that. She did a short with a bunch of Saturday Night Live guys. And then nothing. What year are you talking? This year? No, this was like 2014. Holy shit, so it's been that long? Yeah, it's been a few years that she's been missing. So she has no idea. Does she even know the movie's done? Has she seen? I have no idea. I I hope that she finds out that it's done and gets to see it and then hopefully contacts us. Just so we know if she's okay. Yeah. I I assume she's okay, just so I'm not going to drive myself crazy. But uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be nice to find her and just you know catch up and find out if she likes it because she's great in the movie. she's so she good is, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a funny thing about the internet because you know she has an internet persona that lives completely on the internet and you know millions of people watch her but then you can disconnect from the internet like you had a real life experience you knew hannah irl yeah yeah as they say yes. <laughs> so hearing you talk about it really makes it more real because on the yeah. internet there's such a false reality that she can just unplug and vanish but obviously she's you know, you can do that and be just walking around, be in life. Well, that was uh, her disappearing was part of the problem why the movie took so long 
was I can't write new stuff for her to do to do the pickups or anything. Oh, yeah. So there's a, I don't know, half dozen shots in the movie where it's the back of her that's not her, oh. you know, but the wig and the costume and everything. But you just got to do what have, you got to do. Right. Do you have any friends that knew her? Did you know her, like her sister or her brother? I knew other YouTubers that knew her. They all have videos out now. Like, how Hannah Minx is missing. Like, what happened to her? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That is wild. Yeah, she had one of my favorite lines from the whole entire movie. I was going to ask you, was that improv or was that a scripted line? Which one? <clears throat> uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Goddamn piss shit, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told anyone this, so I hope I don't get in trouble. When I was, I want to say, probably a teenager, there was a hustler that had a comic book and it's a picture of this old lady, like a grandma <laughs> who had just walked in her front door with her bag of groceries and the bottom had ripped out. And so all the groceries were falling on the floor and the caption was goddamn piss shit, motherfucking fooey. <laughs> Since a teenager, I thought this was the most awesome cartoon in history. So I put it in the movie of goddamn piss shit, motherfucking fooey. So that's where it came from a hustler or I think it was a hustler. It might've been a national lampoon. But <laughs> Back to the smut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it all goes back to escape it. That's no. awesome. She uh -oh. killed the line though. She killed oh, it. It yeah. was awesome. Well, it's so funny because I think when she first says it, you're like, "What? <laughs> yeah, what the hell is she? Yeah. Saying? What is that?" And then you kind of get it the third time. You're like, "Oh, she's swearing. Okay, okay, she's yeah. being not, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. But it takes it's not instant that you're like, no, "What the fuck? Exactly. Yeah, she, she really killed it. That was a lot of fun. I'm still caught up on her missing. Like, <laughs> like the unsolved mysteries in me. Are the police involved? Like No, not that I know of. You know, I think when I was taking it around to different distributors, yeah. one of them had said, you know, well, you don't have the finished movie and you have this. Why don't you just turn it into a documentary? Like the movie will never be finished. And I was like, no, it's my first. I want to finish this. But that was an angle that they were saying was like, turn this into a documentary about her. It's an interesting idea, except for if she is fine and she chose to be right. anonymous, then that'd be kind of shitty of me to just go full on and make a feature film about finding someone who doesn't want to be found. So that was why, I mean, we're ready to talk about it and put conspiracy theory videos up ourselves. <laughs> However, not a, like a whole feature thing where we would really go down that path. It seemed, it seemed, I don't know, icky to do something like what that. What is yeah. the craziest theory that you've heard? The craziest is my favorite theory, which is about me. So I made a movie called Sleigh Bells with Hannah Minks that got caught in, you know, production hell for a while that hadn't come out. And prior to making Sleigh Bells, I directed a music video for a band called Kill Hannah. So oh. the best was the internet <laughs> sleuths putting yes. two and two together and figuring out, oh, the Spooky Dan guy, he made a snuff movie. This Sleigh Bells thing isn't real at all. It's a snuff <laughs> film. He killed Hannah Mates. So... I like that rumor. I think that one's actually kind of fun. Well, they clearly haven't yeah. seen the movie. Cause... Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really shitty snuff film. That would be a bad snuff film. <laughs> so I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Who's the Frightenstein aficionado? Like Hilarious House of Frightenstein? Of course, the Hilarious yeah. House Right here, the one from Canada. <laughs> I, I was so excited. Nobody talks about it, so that, especially not here. If you're in Canada, or yeah. I guess I wasn't there at the time, but if you were a drug addict in the early 70s, you would <laughs> Get love Frightenstein. and Frightenstein. You know how like it has all those weird trippy colors. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The like when the Wolfman does his uh, kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be like the go-to every day. You have to watch this thing. So, oh, did it air in the United States at did. all? It did. It was in the in the afternoons on just the East Coast. Wow. Yeah, okay. Like, I interesting. Never saw it. Yeah, I never saw it. Yeah, not here. Not on the West Coast. 
Wow. Well, I was on the I East Coast. It, I never uh, saw it. Way later, right? It was long. Well, you might have got it because you were Michigan, right? So well, We didn't have it. It was long, I think, because uh, it was like 70s, so I don't know Yeah, Michigan would have made sense. Yeah. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, Interesting. I don't know if it was Montreal or, or Toronto where they shot it out of, but it's such One a fast... I, I so want to figure out how to do something like that nowadays, because I think there's... I love the idea of short form yeah, and yeah. scatterbrained of, you know, like uh, Adult Swim, where you're just like, I don't want to sit down and sit my ass for 90 minutes. I got shit to do, but I do right. want to sit here and have lunch. Right. So the idea of doing stuff like that, that's just so short form and fun and just keeps going forever. It's super fun. Yeah. It's a great YouTube rabbit hole. Yes. After, oh, yeah. <laughs> after oh, it boy. came up, I must have spent days. Oh, watching the little <laughs> watching thing. Watching clips, yeah. It is, that's a very good way to describe it. It's kind of like an Adult Swim horror show. Like Sesame Street yeah. meets Adult Swim, but all horror characters they might still be trying to do this but they found the vaults of all the original tapes and they're trying to sell them i've heard about this you can buy the tapes but you don't get the rights oh that's really kind of lame oh, like you can uh, yeah. buy them and watch them but you don't actually have the rights to repurpose it oh, and put it out. oh that's okay. maybe i'm wrong but that was just the rumor that i heard yeah i've got a handful of episodes on dvd from you know convention bootlegs yeah, or from yeah. the actual couple that they had put out over the years it's just such a bizarro hole that not many people know about of like weird horror fun yeah and vincent price is is in I it know. he's like the host i couldn't believe i hadn't heard of it until you brought it up on this very podcast yeah <laughs> that's right i joined the fan club i i, I think you can still join <laughs> the fan it. club of course and they sent me a comic book yeah and a t-shirt with uh count on it wow and um, yeah, the, i had the hoodie for a while did you sign I, up for the, yeah. the fan club too that's fascinating <laughs> Yeah, that's it's, it's great because yeah, I don't think any I've known anyone else who's known about it than uh, than Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're listening to this, go out and check it out on YouTube because yeah, sure. they're they're out there. I have a question about Puppet Twilight. Puppet Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> we were just walking through the house and I was telling them that we made a Puppet Twilight. And uh, I love the Puppet Twilights. Really? That's, yes. I'm happy to hear that. They're super fun. I'm kind of not so secretly obsessed with puppets and our <laughs> living room is filled with puppets. Nice. And uh, just ones I've made. Forever I've been saying I'm going to make a dubstep puppet band. <laughs> so I have four or five puppets in the living room without arms because I don't know what instrument they're going to play because I didn't make the arms. So, But I have all these and then... Things like sleigh bells and devil's carnival and actual real jobs get in the way, but they're still sitting there looking at me. I still buy stupid gear that I don't know how to play drum kits and shit just so that the puppets can play it. I, I will do this someday. I, I really will. You got some puppetry in the uh, in sleigh bells. A little bit. A yeah. little bit. There was a whole scene that we didn't get to use. Vincent, the guy who made this Krampus, he made miniature Krampuses. That, the theory was that didn't make it in the movie. There were, the hairballs become these sort of little Krampus army. Oh, <laughs> so he made these little like squat. They really looked like they were out of like deadly spawn with like these eyes that weren't open yet. And they're weird and big, giant, scary teeth. But we didn't have time to get them puppeteered right to, you know, go build a table underneath that everybody puppeteers from. All right. So at his shop, he's got like six of these creatures just hanging out that were never even on one shot of it is in the early trailer that I put out, but that's the only one that made it through. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, it didn't make it cool. into the movie. They're awesome looking. Yeah. I love puppets. My super big goal is I want to do something like dark crystal down the road. That's fairies or spooky Puppet or something. Twilight is a good first step. Puppet Twilight is a, is a, <laughs> it's a step. <laughs> it's a love and, yes. a, and a savage take <laughs> at the same time. Yes. My wife is really into Twilight at the time when it was happening and this was before the world was obsessed with Twilight and that because remember like you couldn't escape it for a oh, while yeah, yeah yeah so just before that we went in and made this little short and it's it's like a few minutes long and 
it was up for like I think three days and it got taken down because we used music from the soundtrack mm-hmm. and we had to change it out to other music. But it was like Stephanie Myers retweeted it on MySpace at the time. Oh wow! And I suppose if we kept going down that path of making parody for puppet <laughs> things, because we started doing like a Friday Thirteenth one, which oh, we never. Oh wow. wow! We're just like this could be a lot of fun. Well, and I saw then, the the puppet repo. Yeah, we did puppet repo. Yeah, fun. Two of the Twilights and. I, I did posters for Puppet Saw, but we never got further than the posters of like it's a you know a foam core head trap right. and like a, a little puppet Mickey Mouse looking dude inside. Of it. But uh, it would have been really fun. But a, a director friend of mine was like, "Dude, stop, stop right now. Do your own shit. Don't copy other people's stuff. You're better than this. Like, do something else." And I'm glad I listened. Although it would have been nice to keep making those things, right? But it would definitely have been like a rabbit hole that I wouldn't have been able to get out sure. of. But I love puppets and I want to do puppet stuff. So it's let's a- make puppet movies. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. It's a hardcore addiction. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to get out. <laughs> Which I don't think you guys know this about. I did puppet monkey puppet movies. What, what? you did? Yeah. Really? Are they online? Yeah. Really? What are they called? <laughs> under an alias? No. Oh, it's under this banner I created called Boffo Pictures. Okay. They're on, they're on Vimeo. It's kind of an alias. Actually, I think BoffoPictures.com or Tumblr, I think it's a Tumblr. I did it years ago. I had this idea. Okay, so long story. So <laughs> I want to hear it. I was driving. So a friend of mine and I went and saw that movie Amelie when it mm-hmm. came out in theaters. <laughs> And we had this like magical cinematic experience. It was at the Royal Theater on on Santa Monica when it was still a single screen theater. And it was like this beautiful theater and we were in the very back row. So we just, we watched all of these people watch the movie. It was like, that was amazing. We were like super inspired afterwards. And we're driving home. The the movie Burnt Money was playing. I don't even know that one. It's a heist movie and they burn the money. So <laughs> spoiler alert. So, but I misread, I misread it and, uh, I haven't, I haven't thought about this in years. Okay. So, so I misread it as burnt monkey and this image came to mind of a monkey, like, like a, like a singe, like a monkey that had just been on fire and holding a burnt match. Oh, and I thought that was really funny. I was like, well, I can't, I like, I, like I feel like there's a movie here. What's the, what is the story? I can't get it out of my head. And I was like, well, I can't burn a real monkey. No. <laughs> but if I made a monkey puppet, I could do that. So, you know those monkeys that have like the long arms and the Velcro hands? Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. So, so, I had one of those. And so, I went home and I turned it into a marionette. I put fish weights in its hands and wrists and ankles and, and created a marionette out of it. And my roommate, who was the guy I saw the movie with... Figured out how to puppeteer it, and we started doing like you know little music videos and fun did stuff. Did you set it on fire at any point? <laughs> no, I didn't end up burning the monkey, but I did. So I created this monkey. So his name was Jacques. He was a French Canadian monkey who came to of Hollywood. Course. He's a song and dance monkey. He didn't tell jokes. He'd like to dance, and we took him out on the street in the Hollywood Boulevard and did this little like dancing in front of a in front of a, a hat for money, and um, and then did he, you make money on that? And then I got. No, but these movies actually got me my first gig in documentaries. I'm a documentary filmmaker. Is that how it happened? And so I showed it to a director. (laughs) She goes, oh, you have an idea about story. Why don't you come story produce some stuff for me? Holy shit. That's how I got in. (laughs) Wow. That's so cool. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So he got a roommate. So so Jacques got this roommate, Rupert, who was a trust fund monkey who had a lot of money and a drug and alcohol (laughs) problem. And that that was the conflict was them as roommates. They made like three or four movies. Wow. I was going to ask if it was kid appropriate, but I think no, just no, no, no. my question. Right no, uh, Rupert is very 
R-rated. Wow, because Everett <laughs> is really into puppets right now. Yeah. Well, you can see the other one. Jacques is very PG. Oh, okay. We'll watch that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to ask you to make him a puppet, so just be prepared. I have them. I, I ended up making, I ended up going and buying all these monkeys and turning them. Like the one is a marionette and the other one's a rod puppet. Uh, Rupert's a rod puppet. So I just bought monkeys and turned them into puppets. That's so cool. <laughs> it's really fun. I, I, still, I love puppets. To this day, any chance I get to go downtown to where they sell fur and my wife hates because I'm like, I'm going to just waste $50 on fur because I'm going to make more puppets. So I probably have a dozen of those, you know, bins that you get at Home Depot filled with just puppet fur in my garage. Like, there's just a ton of fur around. I, I really love puppets. You guys should hang out. <laughs> like all right. So I have a question for you guys. How old are your kids? Are they all young? Nine, six. Okay, nine and six. That's three. Good. No, three. Got... There's more. <laughs> How many do you have? Four. four. Wow. Nine, three, six, and one. One. And you actually bought Girl Scout cookies from my daughter at the DIY in Burbank last season and it was raining and I remember that for, I re- yeah. that was from your kids yes that was <laughs> well, from that's my awesome. daughter so thank you for supporting the girls <laughs> hey you're welcome I, little did I know you guys were big horror wow. supporters it is world. a small wow. community yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow that's so random yeah, it really was um, okay so question is for this so Sleigh Bells is Swearing every other word yes. and a little bit of gore, but would you let your nine year old watch it? Because of if, if, course, for, without the swearing, it's not. It's a pretty tame movie. You know what? She's watched Shaun of the Dead part of it um, by accident. I didn't realize she was watching it, and she was really into it. Probably. I mean, she knows what words not to say. Sure. She's very mature, so I think I would let her watch it. There's a lot of gore. I mean, she likes gore. Yeah, she dead, loves the gore. Dead children. I think. <laughs> okay. I mean, so, mostly off camera. Yeah, yeah, mostly. The thing about us is we've raised our children to appreciate the art and horror. So yeah. I think it'd be different than a family down the street that didn't have a house like this, but they don't know any different, and they all see it as art, and they love it, and they appreciate it. What if she be affected by the nudity? Okay, maybe I forgot about that. It's, just, it's it's like a it's a brief yeah, it's fleeting yeah yeah I'd be like you know what uh, let's go to the bathroom really quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but other than that but yeah. even the nudity when we by design we're like it's non sexual it's literally someone changing not yeah, right, right. Yeah. Not anything right. more than what would be normally happening and the only reason it was even left in was to show that they're a little fearless to just on the side of the road change from one outfit to the next. I wanted nudity in there just because I'm me, but uh, <laughs> but it was you know yeah. it's not that. There's a ton of like sexy girls being awesome without yeah having nudity through the rest of the movie. Right, yeah, exactly. So, right. There's yeah. the other bit of nudity. Oh, that nudity. I forgot about that. Okay, maybe that oh, might be yeah. a bit much. Okay. Oh <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you talking about yeah. Krampus? Cock? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it out yeah. there. <laughs> there. There's a little of that in there yeah. as well. <laughs> right. So, like, I would give her like an edited version, maybe. Right. Yeah. Missing a few, but for the general. She'd be yeah. Why well, is there? Is there? Are you thinking of a 
a children's it. screening? No, no. Great <laughs> idea. I love it. The rest of December to organize it. How do we, can you get the Girl Scouts to help yeah. to take care of that? Yeah. No, you could probably do a kid version. Like, oh yeah, I'm like sure. how Raina Terror puts the yeah, like on. a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my sister has a couple younger kids, and she was like, I was like, oh, your kids can watch it if they can handle swearing, they can watch this movie. And I'm like, that's coming from me, who's not a parent, who doesn't think anything is weird and i'm like it's not even really a horror movie it is a horror movie because there's a monster but it's right. not a horror movie no. yeah and i'm like oh yeah it kind of is i just don't see it that <laughs> yeah. way you know, did you even notice the krampus cock like it was ve- that's very fleeting too i barely noticed it a little it, bit it's pretty again, yeah, my yeah, design yeah. is like oh wait did i see what i think right I yeah yeah it's like that <laughs> but then you cut like back that. to it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have that moment, and then it comes back like, "Wait, what?" And then doesn't she even shoot it or something? Well, well, I don't know. If she shoots him in the dick. But, I mean, I guess you don't see where the guns aim, but it's possible. Uh, <laughs> Family-friendly movie. <laughs> it caught me off guard. After all this is said and done, and you're you're watching this thing come out, and you're getting the accolades and people telling you what they think, where does that leave you as far as wanting to do? A another film like every other director in Hollywood I want to do more right now I'm trying to work on like a spooky kid show like I'm not sure just spooky kids film that I think is while all of my friends are chasing you know get the next awesome horror reboot of whatever you know chuds happening again or whatever the one this week is I'm like no let's do something spooky for kids because I love that shit like in my office it's labyrinth and never ending story rocky horror return of living dead you know like it's the fantasy stuff and horror yeah I think it shows in sleigh bells like that there's a lot going on there that's not just straight hardcore horror. Like horror yeah, yeah. fans are not going to like Slay Bells. Like if you want torch porn and like the hard horror right. stuff, like, like terror, reversible right. is your jam. You will hate Slay Bells. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to say you will hate Slay Bells. But if you like, if you grew up on Gremlins and Night of the Creeps and stuff like that, oh, you love yeah, Slay yeah. Bells. Yeah, yeah. it's a, you know, I Frankenhooker's in my top ten of all time movies, and you know, I just like having fun with horror. Like Reanimator's probably in like the top one or two mm. you know depending on the day you know how it changes like yeah. what's your favorite horror is yeah. like today it's the exorcist but tomorrow <laughs> it's frankenhooker you know right right, right, right. <laughs> it's just the the fun is what we don't get that much of in horror so i wanted to do something like that and i hope that my next one can be like a kid's version of it so there will be much less krampus cock <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes <laughs> can i use this podcast to try and get disney channel to meet with me? Does any executives over there listen? Yeah, we'll make an edit. Uh, best of luck with that. <laughs> no, Halloween Town. I that would be so cool to like reboot Halloween Town in 2018. Oh, I love that yeah. movie. That's yeah. one it of my sucks, and I love movies. it too. Like it's so lousy, but it's got so much good stuff in it. It's like my childhood. Like I just used to watch it. It's a gateway to it like totally is bigger things, and my kids love it. And Did you ever see the movie that what's the girl from Halloween Town who's always signing stuff? Uh, Marnie Kimberly Brown Kimberly Brown yeah did you see the horror movie that she was in Big Bad Wolf the werewolf movie that she was in no I didn't realize she was in it she uh, was in yeah she was in I it. know the poster I didn't realize she was in yes, it yes okay. yes uh, see it is it shocking okay yeah <laughs> Shocking. She does something in that movie that will shock you. And, and it, right. it, 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 you've sold me. It's like, because of that, I was like, this movie is insane. Like, yeah, it's, it's fucking just, insane. Because you they watched go, Halloween Town and then you're like, yeah. oh, holy oh. shit. It's a great werewolf movie, too. Yeah. Big Bad Wolf. I don't want to reveal <laughs> yeah. what happens, but it's pretty shocking. All right. <laughs> 
Wow. Okay. There you go. I'm there intrigued. Go. I have to see this. <laughs> I want to see a sequel to Sleigh Bells. You've established these great characters. Sure. Well, but we're missing Hannah Minks, so that might be a little. We got to bring. We got to find her. I don't know, exactly. Let's do the search for Hannah Minks. Yeah, there you go. There Hannah Minks, or I mean, if. <laughs> We'll see if it's successful enough for a sequel, but the reality is like how well, Christmas can... was kind of canceled there. Yeah. Chasing <laughs> <laughs> <Well. laughs> <laughs> the Easter Bunny or uh... right? Yeah. Easter. Someone someone recently was like Slay Bros, and I'm like, no, Slay Bros. Oh, <laughs> no. oh man, I don't I don't think that sounds good. <laughs> unless it's a sleigh bell slaying the Slay Bros. Ah, uh, that would be cool. Do you remember when like there was talk of the Lost Girls when it? Like, I remember like, that. Yeah, I'd say it was like seven, eight years after the Lost Boys. And it was like, oh, they're going to make a Lost Girls. They're going to make a Lost Girls. It's going to happen. And it was like that would be awesome, but I don't know if it would really be awesome to try to recapture that moment yeah. with yeah. completely different thing. Like it might be cool, but. It'd be a little tricky. The percentage of pulling that off is very small. Yeah. It's possible. Well, even look at the sequels. Like, they kind of suck, so... I haven't seen any of the, the direct-to-video Lost Boys sequels. It's, it's a bummer, too, because, like, you want them to be fun, but they just kind of fall flat. How many it's of them are? There's a two? The two, two sequels? Yeah, I think there's two. And Feldman's in both of them? Yep. I don't know. That's the thing is why I, I kind of don't mind the reboots. Yeah. When that happens versus, like, let's try and recapture this magic that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think... Halloween did it this year. They did something magical where they could feed us the nostalgia angle of it, yet a new story, and mostly everybody liked it. We can we can get picky about what was great and what not great about the movie, but ultimately it did what it was supposed to do, and so that was exciting, but not that often. Like, like I said, Return of the Living Dead is one of my favorites. Two is pretty awful, but a lot of people love it. Three, I think, is fantastic. Yeah, three is awesome. <laughs> oh, I love three. <laughs> But four and five three is awesome. like rave to the grave. Like, dude, it's unwatchable. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't even bothered yeah, with rave to the grave. You know about that one. <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, you can skip them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, three is amazing. Brian, Brian Usna, three. Yeah. Yeah. You and Wayne Toth. I've never seen yep. three. Three is great. Melinda Clark, yeah, with the uh, yeah, with like a body piercing, like it was cool because it, yeah. I think it was it must have came out in the nineties, yeah, right? It was yeah. like ninety four ish, right? Sure. Like yeah. body modification was like going strong, and they attached it to it with the zombie mythology. It was great. It's so good, it's so good. Yeah, we're gonna do a whole episode on Return of the Living Dead. Three. <laughs> I would mount to watch it. Yeah, I would mount it a Return of the Living Dead three yeah. poster. I thought it was so cool. Like got it like pressed into wood. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> this was funny at the premiere. Clue Gulliger is there, and oh, oh, we, nice. we've known each other for years. And he knew about Sleigh Bells. Diane Goldner is the mom in the the little moment in the middle of that. Yeah, so it's his daughter in laws in the movie. So he's known about the movie for uh -huh. a long time. And he comes out of the movie afterwards, and he goes, "Spooky, I didn't know you made a funny picture." <laughs> I thought it was horror. He goes, I made a horror comedy once. And I'm like, yeah, Clue, I'm well aware. Like, yes, I know. It's the cutest they are. He's, he's so great. Wow. Well, man, thank you so much yeah. for being here. Yeah, and go fucking see Sleigh Bells, everybody. Go get it. Yeah, please do. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Santa Claus is coming to town. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number 31. Special thanks to our guest, Spooky Dan. Follow him at Spooky Dan Walker on Instagram and Spooky Dan Official on Facebook. Go to SpookyDan.com and SleighBellsMovie.com. Check out Sleigh Bells on Blu-ray, DVD, and iTunes and BOD right now. Till next time, Trev for the Boo Crew saying, see you on the other side. Merry Christmas, bitch. <laughs> You're crazy, you know that? Cut.
correction. We're fucking crazy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tahada. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. It's time for this a boogeyman to boogie.